You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. The Trek Files, Season 10, Episode 21, Leonard Nimoy Fan Mail Memos, June 1967. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Okay, Star Trek fans. Hey, you history buffs, you're going to love this week's episode. Well, you know what? I assume you love every episode of The Trek Files, but we have got a doozy today. You know, The Trek Files are good to find facts. They're good to find you know, missing lost links. Sometimes they're even good to find uh, a back and forth, a dialogue, a little piece that even though we live in such a video audio world, sometimes even on paper, you can discern the tone of a wonderful conversation. And that's what we've got for you this week. Let's get right to it, okay? If you're a veteran of the show, you know, you go find the documents of the week at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. I'm going to send you there to find it because you want to follow along with this. But now, I'll be right back after we have an audio sample from this week's documents. I'll be right back after this, but pull up a chair and take a listen. To Ed Perlstein from Leonard Nimoy. The first issue seems to be that which has to do with the provision of pens, pencils, etc. I hasten to assure you that my secretary and I have managed to steal enough pens and pencils from various offices around the studio, so we will no longer need to make requests in this area for some time. In fairness to all parties involved, may I suggest that we arrange for a periodic audit of the fan club files in order to determine where the expenses should rightfully fall. Perhaps Price Waterhouse would be available for such an audit, and we could arrange for a dramatic presentation of the findings in a sealed envelope. Who is our mystery guest reading this week? Well, if you've been with us a few weeks back, you might be onto what's happening here. I'm thrilled to have him. I mean, you know him as a co-host of the Inglorious Trucksports podcast. He was visual effects supervisor, associate producer on the Motion Pictures 4K Director's Edition remastering. He's production designer of the Roddenberry Archives. Basically, he's been a long-time, lifelong fan of Star Trek, and I am so thrilled to welcome back, especially he's going to keep doing impersonations like that of Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> our good friend Darren Doctorman. Darren, glad to have you back on the show again. And Third-time caller, long-time listener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you said if we can find something good on, on Leonard, on Nimoy, let's pull it out and do it. And uh, I hope this fills the bill. It's literally a back-and-forth and back memo war here and it's dripping with 1967 era snark before i think the word was invented (laughs) it's mr snark uh it's (laughs) it's it's great um you know the 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 back and forth between the studio and uh and leonard nimoy about uh him having to pay for dealing with all his fan mail is really it shows you the attitude of both of the uh, uh parties in this uh the uh you know the 
people at the studio that uh, didn't want to pay anything to help him out. And and Leonard, who had to deal with a huge amount of fan club uh, mail. Um, it's mm-hmm. just it's fascinating uh, because, you know, this was they were right in the middle of uh, of making the show. And and, uh, you know, Leonard had to had to deal with this and, and deal with the cost of uh, of responding to all these uh, these bags and bags of mail. Yeah. Now, just to set this. So this is where we're coming out of first season into the second season. So yeah. we haven't had the big save Star Trek campaign. They had a little bit of one. They were a little bit on the bubble, but they came back. But what had just happened? These are this is back and forth in June yeah. of 67. April, the later part of March and then April was right when Nimoy started putting down his his salary hike demands, knowing his stake in the show. And they had just, you know, white knuckled their way through. And they put together their list of possible replacements. Yes, yes, yes. Including Mark Leonard, including including others. Including Mark Leonard, including, uh, 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 you know, Marty Landau, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and full knowing that. They weren't going to do this. They just wanted to let Leonard know that he could have been replaced. It was brinksmanship. Yeah. Yes. But they, that was, but that was, you know, raw nerves. Now they got on with the show yeah. and to our, you know, we know how a mock time and everything else turned sure. out on going forward. Cat's paw, I guess, going forward for second season. But two months before this little exchange, this little testy exchange is happening. So they had just emerged from that. So the feelings were a little raw still, yeah. you know? And it's and we should note that like Desi Lu paid for routine fan mail answering, right. but Star Trek was not it routine. It was huge. It was a. It, it was, was more than setting. anyone had seen before. Exactly. Exactly. It was resetting the stereo- the the paradigm yeah. here, as we'd say. And and a chunk of that now you know Shatner got his share, and supposedly Nichelle was getting almost as much as either or or more in some cases. But fan mail was huge all yeah. along, and but you have to expect that that he's overwhelmed by his if they're just giving it back to him directly. And I'm not exactly sure what the time frame is because there is that uh, that famous secret memo from Roddenberry to the three leads, uh, basically telling them to uh, you know get back in step with things and you're uh, all of you are replaceable none of you should be acting like prima donnas and uh and one of my favorite little uh, blurbs from that was that <laughs> our our sister show mission impossible just replaced their lead and no one noticed <laughs> which was hilarious <laughs> Right. And D being included, DeForest yeah. Kelly being included on that as, the, but no one knew, no one thought of D as a prima no, donna he said, or stomping uh, Roddenberry around. said he was I, just in there to spread it Roddenberry out. Roddenberry said, you know what, I, D, I'm including you on this, not because you're a problem, because I see that there might be signs of you becoming a problem in the future. <laughs> so it's, it's, I love this kind of, this kind of behind the scenes uh, drama on, on the show. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. But at least that was salary. Yeah. We're literally down here in the staples this is, and the pens. Yeah, literally paper clips. <laughs> and gang, this is what it was like, you know, before email, before trending topics, before hashtags, before Instagram, you know, campaigns. You're back on, on stamps and paper days. Yeah. And so that was the currency at the time, right? It's it's uh, fabulous. And stationary. Yeah. And, and who's stationary? And is it just going to be generic show stationary? Yeah. Or is it going to have your name on the stationary? Yeah. Are you speaking for the show or are you speaking for Leonard Nimoy? It's a big <laughs> so question. So Ed Perlstein is the, uh, 
And see, Ed Perlstein had just been involved in all that memoing and, and white-knuckling contract negotiation yeah. and the brinksmanship of the salary negotiation. So here he's gone from that level, Ed Perlstein, yeah. down to dealing with Leonard again, his favorite actor on the show, over, yeah. <laughs> over this, you know, these high-stakes items And remember, here. this and isn't the, the one network. This isn't it. NBC. This is Desilu. Right. This is Desilu, this is the producing Desilu. company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he he starts it. So, you know, we've, in the timeline here is June 12th. And then, you know, he responds a day later. And then two weeks later, it's a very fed up. And no, it's not a reply back to Leonard. Uh, he's writing to guys in the offices here that are signing off on the on the on the financials yeah. of everything. Yeah. Um, and puts down, you know, he's drops the fight and doesn't include all the CCing. I love how he says, let's just keep this between us yeah. and I'm not involving the stakeholders. Like we're not talking to the boards yeah. of Desilu, but, but I've still got 10 people on the CC. But he's list. covering his butt nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's he's going back through, you know, you remember your, your raise you just got here. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, it, doesn't any part of that uh, compensate for this? Yeah. No. Uh, look, Nimoy is completely within his rights. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is not something that the actor should be uh, burdened with. Uh, you know, it, it should be handled through the producing company. And uh, that's what he was arguing. But, you know, sometimes when you're pioneering something, whether it's the grand scope of a series or what this new level of insane, you know, what, what, what had fan media been about before? Movie stars... You know, and rock stars are singers. Your Elvises, your your Frankies, your Valentinos. Yeah. You know, the fact that it was a series, and the, yeah, the monkeys were in the same range right now, but they would fade after a couple of years, and that was still the group and the show. And you've got individuals here who weren't, who weren't rock stars, right. uh, and yeah, they're totally they're totally uh, writing rewriting the rule book here on how to deal with this. And these poor Desilu guys, they're already you know Star Trek already has the moniker of being the over budget yeah. <laughs> constantly you know pushing the envelope that really on expensive anyway. show that we continue to produce yes yeah and uh, which the board was not always thrilled about but um but this nickel and diming in fact that you know and it's the 60s you know not only is it not emails we've got carboned you know tissue paper memos yeah. here right carbon paper but even then and so you've got that formality that's what's funny you're you're talking about this rinky dink you know snark back and forth through a business lens but he does get down to finally saying very bluntly this is not a witch hunt right <laughs> but rather a bit like i can't believe he went there and he's trying to elevate the tone here um <laughs> but then he says you know uh oh then when ed himself for his part says if you have any questions concerning this memo pro or con then i would welcome your reply and for this purpose i invite you to use free of charge an inner office memo <laughs> like don't spend one of your precious stamps yeah. sending yeah. me a letter you know oh my gosh i urge you to again consider this in the vein it was intended it's like what is this lee and grant at appomattox right. no right. it's oh oh it's uh and, it's wonderful and then yeah and then and but then what about this is uh you know if you want to take on another section of nimoy i don't know but this idea that he's going to say well let's look at these fan clubs that i'm writing to yeah let me let me read this paragraph um the second area deals with those expenses and i quote from your memo in connection with fan clubs 
that we are not responsible for, as this goes beyond the Star Trek series, and which I personally consider a personal item of expense. In this area, we may have to create a subdivision, since not all of the 160 fan clubs could, in all fairness, be considered completely personal. I list herewith a few examples of some of the clubs which might fall out of the personal category, and he lists uh, 10 uh, uh, fan clubs <laughs> scattered across, uh, uh, across the country. You know, you read this, and you get why Leonard glommed onto the role of Spock. I mean, don't argue with the Vulcan over business. Yeah, yeah. Forget Ferengis. <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's, he's chewing him up here. Totally. It's, uh, How do you call these personal? Yeah, right. What are, you, what are you talking about? It's, uh, it's really fascinating. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, but uh, again, this was uh, uncharted territory for all of these people. And, and what's cool for us reading this today, uh, Price Waterhouse that he invokes here is still the accountants counting the Oscar ballots, right. you know, and the sealed envelope. So that still rings, <laughs> that still resonates with folks today. But, you know, then who has the last word? Is it the last word? You know, is it he writes, you know, Ed's writing to the rest of the business office and saying, do not sign off, you know, on any purchase orders yeah. or whatever. Uh, oh, and then he actually, you know, Leonard is snarky there about the stealing pens. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's but, great. Yeah. And then number three, it's my opinion that Leonard Nimoy should get these personal items from sources other than at the studio. <laughs> no supplies. Like, don't you dare give up your ballpoint. It's, it's hilarious. I, I, you know, we've had we've had um, archival documents where they're it's the weighty issues of producing a show, whether it's original series or next generation or one of the movies. And yet I love part of the day, whether even when you're the executive producer. Part of the day is talking about, well, we need a new fax machine, yeah. you know, or we need a new copier. Yeah, the day-to-day -day, um, day -day stuff that yeah. goes on is, is really interesting to me and how that, and how that raises its head uh, in, yeah. the, in, in the time of day. And I know we talk, we make, you know, we kid about business meetings and email chains and all that, but, you know, they're living in the era of the triplicate, different yeah. colored copy carbons and... Oh, 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 well, again, this I feel like this is like the late stage of the of the um, the battle that started with the salary negotiations. And, you know, I, and when you look at it that way, all the way up through getting what happened between Nimoy and Gene, yeah. just on a personal level yeah. through the 70s and trying to wrangle him back for the motion picture. Absolutely. You know, phase it's two. It's all connected. This uh, made him want to say that he wasn't Spock. And later on, he changed his mind again. So it's all, it's all a great continuum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to end up with the, uh, if anyone has any questions onto this, like do not give, do not throw pennies at Leonard anymore. <laughs> or pens. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, Darren, thanks again. I, I, I wasn't thinking about having Leonard visit us in the flesh here or his ghost. This is a fun but, one. Uh, thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for adding that in, and I'm glad you I'm glad you chose well on the wheel o files here well, thank for, you. for this, this topic was a great, this week. Great time. <laughs> thank you again. Hey everybody, the Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. All of our documents and your chance to comment, please do, are available at facebook.com/slash/thetrekfiles. Now, for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Doctor Trek in Portal 47. 
okay, that's me, at LarryNimacek.com. That's where you can also link in for all of our new Trek Files swag and shirts, too, at RT Public Shop. Trek well. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.